The number of local cases of COVID is up for the first time in six days. At its daily press conference, the Central Epidemic Command Center reported 549 domestic infections, including 177 cases retroactively added to previous day's tallies. That's the first daily increase since May 26. Officials urged the public to stay vigilant and stick to level three rules. They also unveiled details of a mass vaccination plan that will administer more than one million shots a week. From June to August, if there are sufficient vaccines, we will kick off mass inoculation with the goal of administering at least one million vaccine doses every week. The plan involves several types of medical centers, including 300 hospitals that can each vaccinate 300 people daily, administering 540,000 doses per week. There will be 200 health centers that can administer 100 doses per day, or about 100,000 per week. As for local clinics, there will be 800 clinics in the plan in June, and our goal is to expand the network to 2,000 in August. Each clinic can inoculate 50 people every day, making for 600,000 per week. The CECC says shots will be administered at hospitals, public health centers, private clinics, and possibly even at markets and offices of private companies. There will be an easy-to-use vaccine booking system, which lets people make appointments via a mobile app or at convenience stores and pharmacies. Taiwan expects to receive 2 million COVID vaccines from overseas by June. More doses could come later from domestic vaccine manufacturers if their candidates are approved for emergency use. Travelers, take note. If you're heading from Taiwan proper to an offshore county, there's a new policy that affects you. Outbound passengers to Jingmen, Penghu and Matsu must now report any COVID symptoms they've experienced over the last two weeks. Travelers with any symptoms will get tested for COVID on the spot, and those who test positive will not be permitted to board their flight. Flight passengers wait in line to fill out their health declaration form. Starting Wednesday, five airports on Taiwan proper began providing COVID rapid screening to those traveling out to outlying islands. It works like this. Passengers arrive at least 90 minutes before their flight. Those who have experienced COVID symptoms in the last two weeks are screened and allowed to board only if they test negative. If they test positive, they need to go to a hospital for a PCR test and wait in a quarantine hotel for the result. It's an inconvenience for sure, but I think it has to be done. You've got to have this procedure as it makes everyone safer. Travelers with COVID symptoms on the day are to skip rapid screening and head straight to the hospital for a PCR test. As for travelers with no symptoms at all, they can skip rapid screening too. On the first day of the new protocol, there were eight flights to outlying islands. Songshan Airport in Taipei tested 13 out of 55 passengers, and all 13 tests were negative. We also want to give the local governments of outlying islands greater peace of mind. When these travelers return to Taiwan proper, they'll have to file a health declaration form once again. So if they fail to report the symptoms the first time, they'll be found out and prosecuted in accordance to the law. This new protocol of testing on Taiwan proper was instated by the Central Epidemic Command Center. But the Penghu, Jingmen and Matsu local governments say they also want mandatory universal testing upon landing. Already, Jingmen County has written fines to 27 arrivals who refuse to be screened. 
That's unreasonable. It's unreasonable. If I don't get tested here, I wouldn't mind getting tested there. But if I do get tested here, then when I go over there, I shouldn't be called over to get tested again because I already have proof of being COVID negative. Do they not trust the test results of the central government? They imposed mandatory quick screening without reporting it first to the CECC. They forced it on their own. Therefore, we have revoked their policy. KMT legislator Chen Yuzhen, who represents Jingmen, pushed back at the CECC. She said that on Monday, the legislative yuan passed a resolution requiring universal screening for flights heading to the outlying islands. Chen said that the CECC screening protocol is not universal, as it does not test travelers who say they don't have symptoms. In response, CECC official Victor Wang said an upcoming meeting would address Chen's concerns. On Friday, local and central government officials are set to meet over teleconference to hash out the dispute over COVID screening. A new Taipei nursing home has reported one COVID-related death and 32 infections. The growing cluster infection involves 25 residents and eight employees. The death is that of a resident, a 99-year-old woman with a history of stroke and respiratory conditions. This is now New Taipei's second cluster infection at a long-term care facility. New Taipei Mayor Ho Youyi is calling on care workers to get tested and vaccinated as soon as possible. The city has a total of 34,000 residents and care workers in long-term care homes. Taiwan has reported its first case of blood clotting linked to AstraZeneca's COVID vaccine. The rare clotting disorder called thrombosis with thrombocytopenia syndrome was diagnosed in a man in his 30s. Let's hear from the CECC. The case concerns a man in his 30s who got his first AZ vaccine on May 12th. After that, he got a fever, which is a normal reaction to the vaccine. Seven days after inoculation on May 19th, he developed a mild fever with a headache and abdominal pain. A medical inspection revealed that on the front of blood platelets, his D-dimers were abnormally high, which is a sign of clotting. Although no blood clots were detected in his brain or abdomen, the patient's blood had abnormally high levels of the D-dimer protein fragment, which is created when the body breaks down blood clots. Treatment on the patient has brought his blood tests back to normal, averting potentially dangerous complications. So far, more than 500,000 people have received the AstraZeneca vaccine in Taiwan, with 831 adverse reactions reported. Three weeks into a level three pandemic alert, Taipei is showing signs of pandemic fatigue. Vendors say shoppers are starting to trickle back and rush hour traffic is returning to pre-outbreak levels. Experts are warning locals not to let their guard down because the virus is still spreading in the community. Even under a level three COVID alert, Taipei Bridge is still a waterfall of scooters during rush hour. Riders huddle together at the stoplight, just as in pre-pandemic times. The Civic Boulevard Expressway was nearly deserted two weeks ago, but is now as busy as ever. Traffic is back on Huanhe North Road, too, where speeds dropped below 40 kilometers an hour. Not only are cars back on the road, people are out in force, too. 
It's awfully crowded at this traditional market, with shoppers forced to rub shoulders. I've been seeing more people here the past two days. Before, there were none. How long can you stay cooped up? You still have to deal with your everyday needs. You can't just get food delivered all the time. You just get sick of it. I thought there was a bit more traffic yesterday. When I was out buying a lunchbox around noon, I felt there were more people out and about. In Greater Taipei, pandemic fatigue appears to have set in. Government data shows that just before the local outbreak, major Taipei roads had averaged 1,346 vehicles every hour throughout the morning peak period. Traffic flow fell sharply in the first and second weeks of the Level 3 alert, by 14 and 20 percent respectively. But halfway into the third week of restrictions, traffic volume is rising back to its pre-outbreak state. Traffic during off-peak hours hasn't gone back up, but there's been a rise in traffic during commuting periods. It might be because some companies were doing work from home in week two and they stopped this week. As level three goes into week three, the numbers show a slight decline in COVID spread. But there's been no decrease in cases with an unknown infection source. Experts say the virus is still moving within many communities and that locals should bear with the restrictions for a while longer yet. Taiwan's cold chain logistics are coming under strain as domestic demand for fresh food deliveries rises. Citing insufficient capacity, shipping companies TCAT and HCT Logistics have suspended all pickups for perishables for several days this week in northern Taiwan. Another shipping firm, Pelican, has paused all same-day cold chain deliveries until June 14th. Since Taiwan went up to a level 3 COVID alert, the demand for home delivery has exploded. We're here now at the cargo area of a logistics company, where we can see logistics workers hurrying to load goods. Trucks are crisscrossing the country, struggling to keep up with orders. In particular, orders have surged for goods that require cold storage. We order food products like vegetables and rice, things like that. We get both fresh and frozen foods. Deliveries used to come every two to three days, but now we're waiting about a week. Some customers have encountered mishaps as cold storage gets strained to capacity. Cartons of perishables have been left out at room temperature. Some deliveries have arrived wet, in such a sorry state that it seems for sure that the food has spoiled. In the period since the Level 3 COVID alert began, this period of nearly three weeks, total industry revenue has been comparable to that from the Lunar New Year holiday. It's been better even. Logistics companies have been a little caught off guard. They haven't had the time to arrange for the massive cold storage capacity that's needed to meet demand. Faced with booming demand for cold storage, logistics firms don't have the equipment to cope. Instead, they've been calling up clients and suspending pickups. The shipping firm TCAT suspended cold storage pickups in Greater Taipei, Taoyuan and Xinju from June 1st to 3rd. Pelican has also dialed back its cold storage service, cancelling all pickups on June 1st and all same-day deliveries until June 14th. HCT Logistics pulled the plug for Greater Taipei, Jilong, Taoyuan and Xinju for the period from June 1st to 4th. It's a blow to small farmers who rely on deliveries. We absorb all the losses ourselves, but we have a bigger problem to solve now, and that is, what do we do now when we need to ship out goods? Right now, there are no logistics companies who can do it. I don't know who to go to. 
COVID has whipped online retail to a peak, but the frenzy is proving too much for the logistics chain. To avoid customer complaints, shippers are choosing to suspend cold chain service, sending a ripple of effects up the distribution chain. Amid COVID restrictions and virus fears, a wet market stall in Xingzhu has launched its own virtual shopping service. Each day, the stall announces fresh produce over the Line messaging app, and it delivers every order straight to the customer's home. Money transactions are handled through mobile payment to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. This stall space is filled not with baskets of vegetables on display, but bag after bag of bamboo shoots, potatoes, onions, tomatoes, and other produce ordered by customers. On every bag, there is a grocery list with the name of the customer and the price of each item written out clear as day. If people won't go out shopping, the shopping will come to them. They message me privately online. They've got my ID. They call me up and say, I've added you. Then I post all photos of my stall so they can choose what they want. Amid a COVID surge, authorities have warned that markets could be a hub of infection. Customers and vendors alike fear crowds and the risk of viral transmission. And so, in Xinju, one stall owner started selling via smartphone, sending photos of produce that could be ordered and then delivered straight to the customer's house. Customers are in love with this virtual shopping experience. Some of them buy a week's worth of groceries, some buy about three to four days. Normally, customers come find us. Now, we go out to find them. Even paying is pandemic safe. The boss accepts contact-free transactions through Line Pay, Taiwan Pay, and Jayco Pay. And unlike standard online retail, this experience lets shoppers see what's new and fresh every day. With level 3 COVID restrictions in place, it's a hard time to be a vegetable vendor. Rather than wait for foot traffic to return, the stall owner has gone virtual to meet customers where they are. Amid the surge in local COVID infections in Taiwan, government officials are advising the public to limit outings, including grocery shopping trips. Buying more things in one go can help reduce the number of visits to the supermarket. But keeping everything stored so it stays in its prime for longer can be a challenge. Formosa News reporter Stephanie Yang got some tips from a nutritionist on how to keep food fresh for longer. Some foods have naturally longer shelf lives than others. Sweet potatoes, taros, and pumpkins can be stored for a long time at room temperature without spoiling. But not all produce is as hardy. Potatoes and other tubers, as well as pumpkins, can be stored for a long time. Meats are a little more tricky. It's advisable to buy frozen sliced meat or frozen seafood. If the meat is at room temperature, we recommend storing two days' worth in the fridge. The rest, you can cut up and store in the freezer to prolong its shelf life. For veggies, I would advise root vegetables like onions and carrots, which can last for a longer time. Leafy greens are indeed more troublesome as they don't keep for long, so I'd recommend eating those first. The nutritionist also has some tips to better store your groceries. Leafy greens, which spoil easily, can be kept fresh by removing wilted leaves and any slimy parts and storing them wrapped in paper towels in the fridge. This way, any excess moisture is absorbed by the paper, preventing decay. Other vegetables such as onions, ginger, and garlic can be stored at room temperature in mesh bags to keep air circulating. In the fridge, seafood and meat 
meat can be kept in airtight bags or plastic containers. If you're tight on storage space, you can switch out the yogurt in your fridge for shelf-stable milk. You can wrap leafy greens in kitchen towels to absorb excess water and prevent rotting. You can also blanch your vegetables in hot water and put them inside airtight plastic bags and boxes. Plastic bags can prevent our food from coming into contact, preventing cross-contamination. That can extend the time our food lasts in storage. The nutritionist says foods rich in vitamins A, C, and D can boost the immune system. Foods rich in vitamin A include carrots, pumpkins, bell peppers, and baby corn. For vitamin C, foods with a high content include citrus fruits, kiwis, and dark leafy greens. All these can boost our immunity. Nowadays, if you can't go out and get some sunshine, you can supplement vitamin D through your diet. Meanwhile, onions contain sulfur compounds, and garlic is rich in allicin, both of which can boost our immune system. As COVID spreads, minimizing trips to shops and markets is key to limiting exposure to the disease. Store your groceries properly and know what to buy to have a well-stocked pantry right at home. For most of news, Stephanie Yang, Chen Bohan in Taipei. Taiwan's first plum rain front of the season has brought 145 million tons of water to the nation's reservoirs as of Wednesday. That's roughly a half-month supply. It goes a long way to easing the drought in central and southern Taiwan. And the good news is more rain is in the forecast for this weekend. People run errands in the morning to avoid getting soaked in the afternoon. Thanks to a weather front that bore down this week, reservoirs nationwide cashed in 145 million tons of water, enough to supply Taiwan for half a month. It's welcome relief to drought-stricken areas. The plum rains these past few days have delivered plenty of precipitation to Taiwan's main reservoirs. The one that received the most water was probably Shimen Reservoir, which got about 30 million tons of water. Shimen Reservoir in Taoyuan was the biggest beneficiary of the downpours. It received more than 30 million tons of rain, lifting supplies to 15 percent capacity. The second biggest gain was at Sun Moon Lake and its upstream Usha Dam in Nanto, which got 22 million tons of water, raising levels to 32 percent capacity. Taichung's Deji Reservoir, which had nearly dried up, gained 19 million tons, and New Taipei's Feitui Reservoir, 14.7 million. The smallest boost was at Pingdong's Mudan Reservoir, which got 10,000 tons of rain. Overall, it's an improvement to Taiwan's water crisis, but supplies are still low compared to last year. The key question is, is there more rain on the horizon? We'll see the weather change mainly on Saturday and Sunday, which is when the next front will reach Taiwan. So on Saturday and Sunday, the weather won't be as stable. Along the western half and the northeast, there is a chance of heavy localized showers. There might also be brief down the Central Weather Bureau says another front is set to bring major changes to the weather this weekend. With heavy showers expected island-wide, reservoirs could get another much-needed boost.